Hey guys. Who the heck are you? What do you mean? So the nameplate says Connor Powers, but Connor Powers has a beard, and I don't know who you are. You're you're certainly not him. What? No, I I just shaved. Why? Guys, I promise it's me. I, I promise. I don't buy it. Connor would never do. What that. do you mean? I, what? No, I you don't understand. I I I promise it's me. I promise you. I promise you. Hmm. You know what? I think I do believe you, and there's one reason. It would be like Connor to forget to turn his light on. <laughs> oh, that was perfect. <laughs> this is the Christian artist honoring Christ through creativity. <laughs> my name is Caleb. My name is Beardless Connor. And my name is Carly. <sighs> I still can't get over the fact that you don't have a beard. <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah. it so much. I literally thought you were Chase when you logged on. <laughs> what is Chase doing? Uh, it so feels funny. it like it like it doesn't it doesn't like feel good like metaphysically, but like it, physically, it feels good to stroke a beardless <laughs> face. You know, feels nice and sharp. You know, well, that's because you're you have like stubble now and it's growing in. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm going it back out. I'm growing it back out. Good. Uh, Mickey is the one who gets to decide how long my beard is. So <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. She wanted to see it without a a beard, and so I'm in love. So I uh, answered the call. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, what are we talking anyway. about today? Oh, I guess Connor. That's my yeah, cue. you wanna wanna cue us up? Um. So basically, um. Carly's mother, Kathy, um, wanted us to talk about um, uh, not necessarily as a as a question for her to uh, something that she needed to understand better, but rather just something that she thought would be good to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, what do we do with people who say that Christians need to normalize differences? Um, in specifically in in the idea of um uh gender terms and um lgbtq uh, groups um stuff like that um while to some degree we have to normalize differences on the other hand we also don't normalize differences and uh really just talking about that issue of yeah, so, so I, I don't want to get, I, I feel like if I make a statement on it, I'll kind of answer it with a thesis statement. So, so. Uh, Isn't that what you're supposed to do, though? You say the thesis statement, and then you explain the thesis statement, and then you end with the thesis statement again? Well, I guess so, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so I mean, I think bottom line is we don't normalize, well, we, we do, we do normalize differences, but we don't normalize sin. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess that's it. So there you um, go. that's the episode. <laughs> uh, Caleb, hit the hit the thing. You can find us on Twitter. On... No, okay. We can definitely expound. Yeah, on that. exactly. Um, but yeah, right. Like the the simple statement is, yeah, we can normalize the idea that um, differences between people, unique differences in the way that God has created people, obviously should be normalized. We shouldn't stigmatize someone just because they might be legitimately created different by a sovereign god 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just because God is sovereign over everything does not mean that um, that excuses sin. Um, right. Right. Just because um, we are a certain way um, in uh, in the way that we maybe you know have proclivity to sin, um, those sorts of things, the way we might be um, brought up those sorts of factors that can lead us to sinful habits and sinful attitudes and sinful practices. Um, It does not excuse the sinful practices. Um, There are differences that are not merely cosmetic, you know, differences in the way that someone is unique, but rather a sinful rebellious attitude that needs to be repented of. Um, And our culture does a really good job of blurring those lines whenever it decides that the line should be blurred. Um, yeah. And it leads us to some, some problems where people will claim, right? Like, it, it, doesn't it make sense that, you know, if God created us, created us a certain way, we should be able to celebrate that. Um, but they are blurring the lines between a healthy, normal, creative difference between one person and another and uh, a effect of the fall that has led someone to be um, rebellious or you know have a uh, an unnatural um, uh, an unnatural desire that wouldn't be there except for the fall those sorts of things um, they shouldn't be celebrated because they are against God's character they're against who he is and I mean just with the the thing we talked about um, two weeks ago with with Emily right the idea that if we're supposed to be imaging God in the world, um, right. We are supposed to image God as he is not mm-hmm. as our fallible human nature sometimes breaks the image of God and uh, distorts it. We want to try to be as, as close to that original image as possible um, and be ambassadors for God, not um, distorters of his image and, uh, you know, giving into something as uh you know, a sinful desire and claim that it's just part of who we are as a person. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whoops. So I guess the, um, main, I guess the, I guess the, the, the main most sensitive issue that we could address is simply, um, when a boy wants to be called a girl, how do Christians respond? Yeah. Um, because obviously, you know, Christians are to uh, treat people with love and respect and dignity um, and treat them as image bearers of God. We're supposed to love our enemies and bless those who persecute us. We are supposed to correct opponents with gentleness and respect. And so I think lots of Christians could see that, um, saying things like that or simply ignoring things like that uh, is, is essentially a loving thing to do. And they, they see it as being respectful and being gentle um, to essentially say, if you want to be called a girl, I will call you a girl. Um, if you want to do this thing, I will not condemn it. How should Christians respond to that? Yeah. The first thing that, popped into my mind i was just trying to think earlier of like places in the bible that i already know 
tell us how to respond to this. And the first thing I thought of was the second verse in the, um, it's not the second verse, it's the fifth verse, but the second verse in the couplet in uh, Proverbs 26 that we often go to for apologetics. Um, the answer of fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. If we don't ever correct sinful behavior, if we don't say, no, that's, that's sin, then they're just going to keep on sinning. Um, like, there can't be a knowledge of repentance, a knowledge of a need for repentance, unless someone knows that they're doing something that is against God. So... Yes, exactly. And uh, ironically, the next very the very next chapter, Proverbs twenty seven, verse five says, "Open rebuke is better than love carefully conceived." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's another one. Um, I think, I think this issue comes back to the age old issue of defining love, yeah, and defining those terms right. in the Bible that we are commanded to have and be. Um, gentleness, patience, love. How do we define those things? Well, we define those things biblically. Mm-hmm. So open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. It is more kind. It is more loving to openly rebuke somebody than to love them from a distance, to love them without speaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for instance, um, let's, okay. I think, I think it'd be interesting. Uh, let's, let's talk about, let's kind of shift this conversation how should we evangelize to gay people? How should we evangelize to transgender people? How, how do we handle these types of things? Because obviously we never compromise or change the message of the gospel, mm-hmm. but we certainly present it in different ways to different people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the first thing is to first not, not use, not approach it with that terminology. Um, right. They are not gay people or transgender people. They are people who happen to struggle with a particular sinful attitude or behavior. Well, um, right. Right. Like they are, that their identity should not and is not in that thing. And we don't. And e- even though it, it, it might be, you know, their identity as a non-Christian is you know, a sinner, obviously still true. Um, mm-hmm. We shouldn't approach that conversation with the capitulation to their worldview that says, this is who I am and I can't change, right? A gay person is different from a person who struggles with homosexual desires and behavior, um, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so we, we first go to them and say, hey, listen, you are a, um, a human being made in the image of God, made to image God, and you are not doing so, right? You are, you are breaking that, um, that command um, to, to image God into the world. Um, and this is how you're doing it. And you know, obviously say it in a gentle and respectful manner, but, but pointing out the, um, the wrongful attitude that it is to say, this is my identity. I am this person when, um, and, and, and again, that this is not to say that someone may struggle with this thing the rest of their life, because that is true in many, many cases, but it is not who they are. They should not mm-hmm. find their identity in that thing. Um, and the reason I say that right up front is that is still how some Christians act who yeah. struggle with homosexual desires and behavior, right? They call themselves a gay Christian. That is not helpful. It is not helpful for that person. It's not helpful for other people in dealing with this issue. Um, we don't say, I'm a thief Christian, right? <laughs> right. I, I'm an alcoholic Christian. 
that's not that's not how we say those things um there is something fundamentally um wrong at the center of that behavior and desire that may not ever go away in the same way that someone who struggles with any other sin may not ever get rid of the sinful in, in, uh, proclivities and inclinations towards that thing. Um, that, that may be true. But in a lot of cases, it isn't true. In a lot of cases, we see people legitimately change and um, come out of that lifestyle in such a radical way that they don't struggle with it anymore. Um, and that's because we, we worship a God who changes hearts. Um, we're not, we're not wrestling with some sort of unbeatable psychology here. We're, we're, this is a spiritual battle, right? This is a spiritual war happening. And if, if God is going to conquer them through his grace, right, it's up to him whether or not he, you know, heals them and transforms them in that particular way. Or if he continues, you know, leaving that thorn in their side, as it were, right, to continue leading to them being dependent upon God and having to, to struggle with that. Um, but that's, that's the important thing, I think, coming to that, that issue. And, and, you know, also with, with um, people who have gender dysphoria, because that's what it is. If someone is, claims to be a transgender, male, female, whatever, they are a person who struggles with the psychological illness known as gender dysphoria, which is a treatable psychological disorder and is not someone's identity. Someone is not does not transition into another sex that does not happen gender is not a social construct it is intimately tied in with someone's biological sex and someone who has gender dysphoria has a mental illness that needs to be treated carefully and respectfully and with love but also is in a lot in some ways in in many cases a product of rebellious um behavior against god right mm -hmm. um there are a lot of children who struggle with gender dysphoria and they don't they're not trying to rebel against god it's literally like they are confused about their body that is a legitimate mental disorder that happens in children most children who struggle with gender dysphoria are they grow out of it by the time they hit puberty or adulthood um most and so we have a situation right where a young boy wants to be called a girl um, the worst thing we can do is say, ah, you're correct. This is your identity. You are a girl. Because in almost all cases, that per that person is experiencing a mental illness described as gender dysphoria, where they are confused about who they are. And so we help them as we would help anyone else who has a mental illness. And we show them that that is not the world that they're living in. We, we, we get them the help that they need. But then if someone continues to insist that they are, you know, transgender, or we see an adult person who is, you know, rebelling against God by this, that, or the other thing. Often that's another thing that we can deal with. And obviously you can do the thing, you know, say the things that I said before, you know, you're made in the image of God and this is God created you as a male or a female. And that is a beautiful thing that you can image into the world. You're not half a person. You're not meant to be someone else. You are who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, right. Like some people will never stop struggling with those particular inclinations or desires or dis disorders. Um, you know, this where they they desire to be another gender or they desire to be with another gender or the same gender. Um, 
but the the number one thing we can do for them is not capitulate to their worldview not capitulate to the mindset that says this is who i am and i cannot change because it's not true mm-hmm. um versus that go ahead carly oh i wasn't gonna say anything oh i thought you breathed in but, <laughs> i mean that, hopefully you, i did you, yeah you did breathe in but uh that did not signify that you were about to say something anyway uh versus that immediately come to my mind especially caleb when you're saying um that you know my identity isn't found in this and so um people these people can change like they like they can come out of this sin and change um immediately uh, isaiah one comes to mind um when uh god is basically just warning israel and and telling them to repent Mm -hmm. he says wash yourselves make yourselves clean remove the evil of your deeds from my sight cease to do evil learn to do good Mm -hmm. and i always think about that um in uh one of the what videos um 90 seconds is literally just him reading isaiah 1 10 through 20 and um just just some pictures that go along with like our idea of modern worship and it totally just is like yep this is a lot of what's going on today you know and uh with with that verse he has um a gay couple walking down it says cease to do evil and then a uh uh, you know, a, a man and, a, and his wife and it's learned to do good. And I'm just like, ah, like that's so poignant. But, but that's, that's what it comes down to is it is a good thing for a man and a woman to be married and, and to have sex inside that, that marriage relationship and to love each other and to be a picture of the gospel. Um, it is not a good thing for man to be alone. <laughs> um, and so and, and obviously we have to leave room for when Jesus is talking about um, uh, the gift of celibacy. Right. But, yeah. but that is a very, very uh, specific occurrence and situation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus even says that. Um, so we don't paint uh, broad strokes with small verses. Um, so the, the main verses we have are cease to do evil, learn to do good. It is not good for man to be alone. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a good thing if someone comes out of a homosexual uh, lifestyle and gets married and has children like Emily Tomes. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her last name at all. Um, uh, Jackie Hill Perry, mm-hmm. right? Uh, first two that come to my mind. Um, can't think of the other guy, but that's okay. Um, point is, that's, I mean, that is a good thing for that to happen. And yeah, I mean, you're right. We don't we we aren't identified with our sin anymore that's the whole point of the gospel um uh first corinthians 6 9 through 11 or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor homosexuals nor thieves nor the covetous nor drunkards nor revilers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of god such were some of you but you were washed, but you were sanctified, and but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. So if we're talking about the gospel, we're talking about people being changed and no longer finding their identity in their sinful ways. So even if a, a Christian who came out of the homosexual lifestyle still struggles with those emotions and those feelings, they are no longer identified with it. Um. Uh, and I, but I, but Caleb, I do think it is important when evangelizing to, um, 
those that struggle with those things. I do think it is important to say, um, or I should say it's not important to try to differentiate their actions from who they are. Um, I don't think that when we're talking about identity that they need to understand that this is your identity and you can't change. But I think they need to understand that that's their identity because they have to change. Right, right. And that and that's all I was saying is is not not that we shouldn't tell them that they are they're by nature a child of wrath or by nature a sinner. Obviously we need to do that, but rather don't because because what what someone will say to you right if right away if if you're like you know in, engaging in evangelism with someone who is homosexual or whatever they'll you know they'll say I was born this way I can't change like I I am a homosexual and I mm-hmm. will never be able to not be a homosexual and that is mm-hmm. not true right mm-hmm. that is that is not a true statement that they're making and so we have to we we can't I, all I'm saying is we can't um uh give them that ground right we can't mm-hmm. accept that statement as being true because we say no like god changes people that's the whole point right is mm-hmm. when you you know uh when god changes someone's heart he doesn't he doesn't change their heart and give them the same heart right he gives them new desires not not just recapitulates the old ones um or repackages the old ones obviously there there may be situations where you continue to struggle with the same desires um but that's that doesn't mean that you can't you're, you're now enabled to resist them right mm-hmm. so yeah, and, and I just think of uh, Ray Comfort's whole way of evangelism is saying, well, how many lies does it take for you to be a liar? <laughs> um, and so I think it's important to, you know, understand those things. Now, now, I don't think if that you need to zero in on a specific sin unless you're going to something like a gay pride event. Then, then that's kind of the point. Yeah. But if I come up with somebody on the street and they said that they're gay... I'm not going to be like trying jump to jump on that and talk about it the whole right, time, right? Right. I, what, I, what I need to do is just take them through the, law, the Ten Commandments and take them through the law and make them understand that they're a sinner and they need to repent. And then right. if it comes to, but I'm gay, do I need to repent of that too? Then I would say yes and talk them through that. But I'm not going to immediately jump on that because um, it, it will be seen as hatred. Right. Um, I don't I don't know who said it first, but I think Summer Jaeger has said this before. It's not gay to straight, it's lost to saved. Yeah. Like you're primarily focused on their salvation. And if their salvation um is something that God works out, then that will be dealt with as well. That exactly. sexual issue. Right. Um, so you don't need to zero in on that. Now, here's a good question though. How should the church witness to witness at gay pride events? Or should they at all? I mean, I think the church should have an active part in countering the culture in the public square. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one <laughs> aspect of it. So, so, so yeah. I would say, yes, yeah. I would say that that's, certainly involves preaching yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but how, how should they? Because I think, I think, I think most Christians would say, um, or I shouldn't say they would say, I think most Christians would praise other Christians if they went to a gay pride event and handed out water bottles. I think they would get a lot of praise for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Um, if, if I, and then, and then you, you, you point that out to every, say, let's say um, there was a, uh, an event where people were parading for adultery 
would mm-hmm. would be, would Christians still praise someone if they went and handed out water bottles at the the event that praised adultery? No, of course not, because we under it's it's a cultural thing yeah. where you know we have capitulated to the idea that this is a, a somehow different, and it, it is in some ways different, um, because there there's an aspect where you're um right where it's not a natural desire to to have you know sexual desire for someone of the same gender where it is a natural desire in in one sense right to have sexual attraction towards someone of the same gender or of the opposite gender um that doesn't mean that anytime you have sexual attraction towards someone of the opposite gender it's good um right right yeah but uh, that's actually no good yeah talk. what i was just gonna say is um we i mean it's sin right and and so mm-hmm. we i i don't think we need to necessarily treat it super differently it's it's just we would do it the same way that if we met a thief and preached the gospel to a thief you say hey you were you were stealing that's wrong right like mm-hmm. and you've i'm sure you've done other things let's go through god's law here here's all the laws that you've broken i've broken those laws too i'm only saved by the blood of jesus christ mm-hmm. here's how you can be saved um and just the exact same thing you preach the gospel in the public square and you know specifically in that instance um you know if, if there's like a gay pride event or whatever you open air preach and you say hey homosexuality is a sin right so is stealing so is adultery so is all this other stuff and you know i've broken god's law you've broken god's law too you need the gospel as i need the gospel there you go right mm-hmm. we don't yeah, and, and yeah good i i think I think more than anything, um, I think going up to people and trying to talk with them, I think is the most um, um, effective way to share the gospel with somebody. Um, But I have no problem with open air preaching. I simply think that um, if we get enough Christians, the Christians just go up and and just start interacting with people. Because I think, I think that'll, you can address people better and, and, you're going to make less people angry mm-hmm. um, unnecessarily. Yeah. But if it's one person at a guy, uh, gay pride event and you're willing to open air preach, do it because I think it's so important. And to, to be as smiling and as happy as possible at the same time, mm-hmm. desperately concerned for yeah. their souls. And I think that's, I think it's something Ray Comfort does very well. And I think that yeah. is necessary when open air preaching. Um, I I think you can very easily just look like a a uh, robot standing with a megaphone when you need to be a person mm-hmm. with love and concern. Both, and I think both are necessary: love and joy in Christ, and yet desperate concern. I think that's so important, yeah, especially for for uh, people that are in a homosexual lifestyle, I think it's so important for them to see is that somebody really cares about me and they still hate my sin. They hate my sin and they love me and they need to see both of those things um, because they see people that say they love them and people that are kind to them um, according to a cultural and worldly standard of kind. And they see people that hate their sin, but they don't see both. They don't see both unless there's somebody in person in front of them because the culture is going to lie to them at every chance they can get and say that anybody who disagrees with you hates you. But for them to see somebody that loves them and hates their sin is going to be extremely helpful and important. Um, 
but I don't think you should ever go to a gay pride event and hand out things unless it's gospel tracts and slash or uh, literature for them to read any type of evangelistic thing. I think if you went out and handed out Starbucks gift cards at a gay pride event, you're in sin. Um, and yeah, I mean, unless that's unless you're like doing it and handing out gospel tracts, right, right? Which is fine. Yeah, like I, I, could, I, I could definitely see right. someone going to a, a gay pride event, handing out water bottles and a gospel tract every time yeah. they hand out water bottles. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. And and people are probably going to spit on you, but that's okay. Yeah, but it, and if I, the idea, right, is it's a false social gospel. Yeah. If we're just going somewhere and helping someone's physical needs and doing nothing for their spiritual needs, especially right. if they're in, if we, if we know open that in celebration and open celebration yeah. of sin, yeah. right. That's we're being hate, hateful toward the, towards them at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that you came all the way out here and took the time, you had the time to go to this event and you said, you know, um, be safe and be warm and waved as they went on their way, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, or be warm and filled is that what it says in james I think, yeah i think, think so. so yeah yeah it's Something that like meme that. of I mean, like your translation yeah person drowning and then yeah the yeah. Just yeah. Gives yeah just gives them a high, high five, five. Like, yeah 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 it's like that's not that's not ultimately doing anything to actually combat their sin like exactly you're not you're just trying you're trying to put like a hello kitty band-aid on a gaping wound and it's not doing anything <laughs> yeah mm-hmm Um, in case anybody listening, um, or either of you want to, uh, like learn anything about like open air preaching, I would suggest, uh, YouTubing go stand and speak. Um, there's some videos on go stand and speak on, on YouTube that you can watch, but also just like there's a, it's a DVD. So, um, you should, you should watch that. Um, if, if, if anybody is, is interested in open air preaching, watch that. Um, what go is stand it, and speak. I haven't go stand and speak. I don't, I haven't seen the whole DVD yet, but I've been seeing clips on it on YouTube and, and really just Google Paul washer, open air preaching and just watch everything he has to say on it. And I think that's super helpful and important because I think Paul washer is always going to handle both sides correctly and appropriately mm-hmm. of people who are horrible open air preachers and people who think that it's always wrong to do so. And, and he addresses both of those sides and it's it's very very good so um i'll post a link to it in in chat cool. okay cool so uh and you know what i'm yeah. gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna queue it up right now in the podcatcher for a put in the link for for the liner notes do it right okay, now perfect. so i nice. don't have to <laughs> yeah, actually remember. yeah um so uh, another thing that caleb as you were saying um about uh sexual desire um something that i've been thinking about a lot having like being in a relationship with mickey um and this is something we talked about is is okay uh sexual desire is that a good thing and how in what way is it a good thing because like having um having sexual desires for someone of the same sex that's wrong um already because you have a desire to do something evil right because that's because that's matthew 5 right Uh, lust is sin because you have a desire to do something that is evil even if you don't carry it out um that's that's sin so but but it's a good thing for me to have a sexual desire towards my wife right 
so, but how do you get from no sexual desire because it'd be sin for me to sexually desire someone who's not my wife or someone of the same sex, because that's, that would be fornication, adultery, homosexuality, uh, any of those three things. Right. Um, but how do we get from no sexual desire to married with sexual desire? Right. Like you can't do that. That's not, that's not, you know, you wouldn't marry somebody that you didn't have a sexual desire for because that will be the point. So at, w- at what point is that sexual desire sinful? And I think um, something that Mickey and I've been talking about literally is, is we don't want to have sex yet, but we do want to have sex later. And those desires are very distinct in our, in our minds. And like those desires are very distinct that we don't want to dishonor God. Um, and we don't want to have sex before marriage, but we do, we are sexually attracted to each other and we will want to eventually have sex. And, and that, that is a very important distinction. I think, I think when we talk about those things, I think when we talk about lust and we talk about fornication, adultery, homosexuality, I think talking about Matthew five and desires is an important distinction to make. At what point is it sin? Well, it's a desire to do something sinful. (laughs) like right like um being attracted to somebody is not wrong Uh, being sexually attracted to somebody is not wrong but how are you going to handle those desires what 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 is your desire to do and that's that's when it becomes either sinful or it becomes good it's and it's one of those two things right so uh, that's just something i i thought of when you were saying that little bit of an awkward conversation, but. <laughs> oh, I wasn't Good pausing thing. because it was awkward. I was just putting stuff in the liner notes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe we should have a quick conversation about when normalizing differences is good. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Like, what does that yeah. look like? What What differences should we celebrate and normalize and um, talk about and not stigmatize? Um, yeah. Thoughts. I mean, the I th- example my mom gave was that um, she works in a higher needs classroom as a para, and trying to normalize um, things like that, like disabilities that people are legitimately born with, or even things that, um, like if p- someone gets an injury and it makes them disabled, like there's there's a certain amount of normalizing that should be done there to still continue to recognize their their dignity as an image bearer of God, um, and obviously that's um, that that's where the the difference is that that's not a sinful thing. Like mm-hmm. to have a disablement is not, is not something that's innately sinful. So it's right. like the passage in Matthew or in one of the gospels, uh, I think in John, when um, uh, the people are like, what did this man do that he's a cripple right. or that he's blind? Right. Like, and it's like yep. po- possibly nothing. Right. Like yeah. obviously there are instances in scripture where someone like is struck with an illness or whatever because mm-hmm. of their, sin but we shouldn't assume that's always the case that's that's mm-hmm. hor- that's what the problem was with job's friends right they yeah they assumed that his struggles were coming because he was a sinner um but they were coming for the exact opposite reason 
Um, and so, right. Like, yeah, someone struggling with that, um, it's not, it's not that their parents sinned or they sinned necessarily. It's just, uh, we live in a fallen world and sometimes those things happen. And when we, you know, stigmatize someone as not, not only, you know, if it's like, oh, this person is probably in sin, but if it's, um, you know, just something like, uh, stigmatizing someone in a way that, you know, I, I don't have to treat them with the same dignity, respect, and love right. that I would have to treat anyone else. Um, that's not true, right? We, we still have to love our neighbor as ourselves. Um, that includes any neighbor who may, you know, have autism and not be able to communicate well and maybe says things that are, are very, you know, inappropriate and offensive, but they can't, they don't know that it's that way. Right. Um, that's not, we have to exhibit the fruit of the spirit in that instance and right. not treat them as some sort of, you know, lesser person, or I have to, I, I, I have a, um, I have the, uh, what's, what am I saying? Um, I don't know. I have the right to, to treat them lesser just because they're, they're yeah. different than I am. That's not the case, obviously. Right. In my ASL classes, we've talked a lot about deaf culture and how deaf people have been mistreated and everything just because, you know, oh, they yeah. can't hear. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a super interesting, especially in this conversation, because like, you know, they, um, that's, that's a difference that is hard to normalize sometimes. Like mm -hmm. some things are very hard to um, make feel, I mean, normal, like <laughs> someone mm -hmm. can't hear, like that's an anomaly. That's um, it's unfortunate. I mean, most deaf people, they don't really view it as unfortunate. They view it as difficult because it's harder to communicate with people, but like mm -hmm. they don't, most of the time they don't know any different. Um, but like something like that, where, you know, if you're the parent of a deaf child, like providing them with resources to be able to communicate better with people, like that's right. something that shows the fruit of the spirit that you're caring about this person that's made in the image of God that, um, that may need extra resources and extra help, but that doesn't make them, you know, that doesn't make them so different that you have to treat them in a different way in like in a different as in bad way like some people need different treatment for certain things but that's not you know that's not necessarily a bad thing yeah i think one thing i want to oh yeah go ahead I was just going to say, I still need to learn ASL. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One thing that I was going to mention is kind of as a bridge between the, the conversations about homosexuality and transgenderism and um, uh, normalizing differences that are just, you know, a normal part of people's unique characteristics as people. Um, I think we have, and I, I thought about this a lot when I was in high school, especially, um, but the idea that there are certain things that our culture has decided are masculine or feminine that really don't mm. have any bearing on yeah. someone's gender or someone's sexuality. Um, such as, you know, like any, any guy who showed interest in theater in high school, right? right. You label them as they're all, oh, they're gay because 
you know, no, you know, guys, guys are only interested in theater if they're gay, you know, for some dumb reason. You're right. Um, right. And th- those are the sort of mindsets that lead or us crying. into, right. Crying. Yeah. Yeah. Being emotional as a guy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously there are aspects of, of being too emotional. Yeah. Being too emotional, but that's and, like bad. for and, and emotion- There are aspects right. of being yeah. too emotional for both genders. Exactly. exactly. I mean, being emotional for a wrong reason. That's just, mm-hmm. that's not a gender thing. Yeah. Right. It's Um, not that guys can be. I'm sorry. It's not that girls can be upset when someone dies and guys can't. Right. And that's that's stupid. It's it's not that it's not that, um, like there's there's a line for both genders. Um, it's not that girls get a pass for being over emotional because that's a stereotype of girls that oh they're just over emotional, and it's not that guys should be put down for crying because the stereotype is that they don't. (laughs) Right yeah yeah right and and that's the sort of thing that leads to issues where someone does have like an identity crisis and they think either oh maybe i am homosexual or maybe i am you know secretly uh you know a, a woman trapped in a male's body um right and, and especially when we treat children and teenagers like that right we we plant thoughts in their mind that would never have been there if we just acted like a normal human being and and realized that people have different interests and they can still be a male or a female with an interest that kind of crosses the cultural line of female and male interests um right um we we have you know connor and i as kids used to play with barbies because our mom had barbies in our in our, (laughs) our house we're not we didn't secretly want to be females, <laughs> right? We just, there were toys and we played with toys. Like that's all it was. And, but, but we, we see like legitimately in the news, people are like, Oh, my child is playing with Barbies. I guess they're secretly a girl. And then they just like, um, feed into that mindset yeah. and feed into some sort of developing gender dysphoria and lead into a situation where this person is taking, you know, uh, gender transfer hormone hormones and they're not they haven't even reached puberty yet and you've ruined this child f- literally yeah. for life because yeah a at child what is point doing is a normal that... child thing yeah what what is that child supposed to do at that point when all of the adults in their life are saying oh yes this feeling that you're having is completely valid and we're going to continue on with this process yeah like at what point like it's so damaging to a human being, but especially a child that's yeah. like looking to all of the adults in their life for wisdom and guidance. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things I come back to, right? Like when we're we're dealing with this aspect, if you know, answering Kathy's real question of like, you know, what what are Christians supposed to do when people ask, you know, expect them to normalize differences, but the differences that they're expected to normalize are sinful behaviors. And really, you have to come back to what is more loving, what the world says is loving or what God mm-hmm. says is loving, right? What what is line with God's character. And it's not loving to lie to someone. Yeah. It's not loving to say, ah, you are a female when they're very much a male. You're sinning. You're sinning against them. You are hating your neighbor mm-hmm. when you do that. And so when we feed into that lie with someone, we are hating them. That is what we are doing. We are not loving them. Um, and so we just, you know, it's, it's obviously very difficult to go against the tide of culture like that, but if we are truly loving someone, we have to, to stand in the truth of God and love them enough to tell them that truth, even when they are 
running headlong away from it um because it's it's a loving thing to warn someone when they're headed towards a cliff um it's not a loving thing to to feed into someone's delusion that there's no sharp rocks at the bottom of this cliff right that's that's a hateful thing to do yeah yeah um in i guess it was still in high school a couple of years ago um i had a friend that she felt like she wanted to be a guy or she felt like she was supposed to be a guy and um it it took me a I wouldn't say a long time. It took me a little bit of thought to figure out how I was going to refer to her because everyone else around her was calling her by the name that she wanted to be called and the pronouns that she wanted to be called. And so for a while, I just, I like didn't refer to her specifically at all because I didn't call her by any name because I didn't know Mm -hmm. what else to do. Right. Um, And eventually it just became too much with the whole crowd that she was associated with that I was like, I don't want to be associated with any of these people. But like, there's a serious battle of like, how do I like survive for lack of a better word? How do I like put up with this and still be this person's friend in a loving way? And you know, it was, it was very difficult, but I, I didn't know what else to do. And I, I still think that I, I, I did the best thing in that situation. Um, I, I could have continued to call her by her original name. And I think that that still would have been valid. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. The, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but just an example of like, you can still be someone's friend and Mm -hmm. care about them a lot and not bend to what they think their new reality is. Yes. So. Um, His dad had that happen with a kid in youth group. Um, There's a, a young man who was, had absolutely horrible childhood and when he started getting older, he basically decided, okay, I'm going to be a woman now and you have to call me such and such. And um, he was gone from our church for a long while and then came back to youth group a few years later, kind of a thing. Maybe it was a couple and he came in and was like, you know, hey, Mike, you know, um, I, I'm a woman now and you have, uh, my name is now this. And dad said, no, it's not. Yeah. And he was like, what? Like, you're not going to call me by my, and like, he seemed like he was going to get me angry. And dad was like, look, man, like I, I know you, like I've known you for a very long time and you're a guy and I'm not going to pretend that that's not true. And right. I love you. And, uh, you know, I, I don't hate you for anything. So I'm not going to whatever, but you're, you're not a woman and that's mm-hmm. all there is to it. And, and so, I mean, that's, that's how a man reacts that's how a christian man reacts to to the whole transgender issue right i think one of the things about the situation that i was dealing with that hurt the most was seeing other people in that friend group that i knew were christians acknowledge Mm -hmm. the fact that she wanted to be called differently and right you know treated differently yeah and that was horrifying because i was like wow, okay, I thought I wasn't alone here in believing these things. But mm-hmm. even people that 
people that said that they believed that, oh yeah, obviously she's not a guy, we're right. still treating her like she was, right. um, which is not how Christians should act because that's inconsistent and it's lying and it's, you know, it's not being um, true to God's word. Right. Yeah. And, and let's put it this way. If people are, uh, if people are afraid of being rude or mean yeah. to, to these people, why? Um, wh- what's going to happen if, <laughs> if it's seen as rude or mean? Are they going to run away from Christ? Okay. Where are they going to run to? Hell number two? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, if, if, if by, I, I, I guess you could even bring it back to the abortion issue. It's the same thing. If by me calling abortion murder is going to drive you away from salvation, you are not going to be saved to begin with. Right. Um, if by me calling you what your gender is or calling you to repentance from a homosexual lifestyle, if that is going to turn you away from Christ, then you didn't know who Christ was and you didn't want him to begin with. Mm-hmm. So if, if, I, if by me calling out your sin means that you run from the gospel, good, because the gospel wasn't for you yet. The gospel is to condemn you right now. So be condemned so that you understand and understand that you are condemned so that you can be saved. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't take that opportunity to preach the gospel to them, then you'll have that on your conscience of like, well, you know, it might not have made any difference Mm -hmm. if I did preach, if I did and they rejected it. Mm-hmm. might not have made any difference in their personal life but if you did preach it to them and maybe not in that moment they repent but maybe that like god uses that to work in them and then they do end up repenting and turning to him like that's that's a huge thing yeah so and maybe I, I, maybe it's of no consequence if you don't say anything um but maybe it's of no consequence if you do say something but there's, you know, the only the only good outcome of any of that, really, other than you not being uncomfortable, <laughs> is like, you know, they come to faith. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and I and I think I think honestly, it doesn't really matter the effectiveness, like you said. Yeah. The the your conscience is going to correct regardless. Um, that's 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 because it's not that it's wrong to lose an opportunity to be effective. It's wrong mm-hmm. to not be faithful to the word of God. Right. Um, so preach the gospel, die and be forgotten. Right. And, and, and like, I, I mean, I have things like that where, where I've been like, like, Oh, that was a missed opportunity. That's on my conscience for forever, you know? Um, and so there's still no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, yep. but mm-hmm. how, how to not live with regret <laughs> breach the gospel. I'd <laughs> yeah. be forgotten. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. I mean, have any other thoughts or kind of want to wrap it up? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good, is Kathy on the stream? I think so. Probably. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and do your like spiel, it. but but Kathy, did we, did we cover that as extensively as you wanted us to? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Go ahead and do your spiel, Kevin. Well, well, you can find us uh, on Twitter at Christ underscore art underscore show, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Christian Artist Show, or at our website at ChristianArtistShow.com. If you want to support the podcast, you can head on over to Patreon.com slash Caleb M. Powers. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to my patrons, Carly Pinch, uh, hey. <laughs> Ethan Stolzfus, Josh Vincent, and my newest, my newest patron, Emily Valdez. Hey. Oh, fun. So, yeah, super fun. Uh, she, She's going to have to, we're going to have to talk uh, about what custom character she wants to to make because she chose oh, nice. one of the other tiers. Um, so, that'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, uh, you can find us again next week. No, we won't. So, actually, the thing I wanted to say probably no christian artist next week because we're gonna have because emily valdez is gonna be in town right. um and we'll be we'll be doing stuff we'll probably have a an event planned for monday night um lots of fun stuff going on uh but thursday we have the premiere episode episode one of Woo-hoo. lavender shadows our new burning wheel campaign which i'm super pumped about <laughs> so so pumped um, I've been playing a lot of Burning Wheel with um, my my freshman group, uh, but I'm ready to stream one. I'm ready to, to <laughs> dig in deep, have a four hour session. Oh, it's gonna be good. Uh, yeah, I don't. And then I, I think you know Thursday after will be Ternolius, and then probably Anno Domini again. Um, no Anno Domini. I don't think anything this Friday because again Emily's gonna be here. Uh, I might stream some Age of Mythology later this week. I'm really close, Connor. I'm so close to finishing the campaign. It's awesome. I'm so excited. Um, but I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's all that's going on here. You guys have anything you're up to on the internet? I'm dating Mickey. Well, yeah. <laughs> I meant like on the internet. No. You know what well, I mean? No, I've actually Rolling recently made it yeah. Facebook go find carly's instagram <laughs> because she has the best drawings seriously I yeah can't. i'm not gonna tell you it's what true. it is you gotta go find it yeah go no, find it's just it. carly yes. pinch <laughs> i'm a simple person with a simple brand <laughs> i mean yeah me too um seriously that that i can't get over that leaf drawing because okay, you know what that reminds me of connor and and you'll you'll re- you'll remember this it reminds me of one of the drawings in oathbringer of um what uh what's his face um pattern what pattern looks like in shadesmar and no one else is gonna get that <laughs> If you haven't read Oathbringer, I'll have to Google it. <laughs> but I, I'll, I'll see if I can, because you have Oathbringer upstairs, right, Connor? I do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find that drawing and send it your way after we finish here, Carly, because oh. you'll see. Because right away, I was just like, <laughs> it reminds me of that thing, and it's just so cool. Um, but yeah. Which one? Which one? Um, uh, the way pattern looks in Shadesmar. No, like, which one? Oathbringer. Which painting? Which painting, Kim? Oh no the the leaf thing that she she made the the oh, where it has like the body and then yes. the head is a leaf yes yeah yeah <laughs> but I think that's it from us here uh, at the Christian Artist thanks for watching thanks for chatting um yeah I think that's it we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the Christian Artist we're quickly approaching 150 episodes which is pretty exciting <laughs> um 
I'm really happy with this one too. Um, it was one of those moments where like mm -hmm. I got here late and then I was like, oh man, I don't have any idea what I'm gonna even say <laughs> in this episode. And then we all had things to say and it was, it was good. All right. Have a great week, guys.